Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at Supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Let's turn our attention now to the AFLW. Nigel Carmody joins us. On the line, and a reminder, you can watch all four AFLW finals this weekend, live and free on 7 and 7+. Plus. Good afternoon to you, Nigel. Thanks for your time. No, pleasure, Matthew. Good to be with you. Hope everyone's having a good Friday afternoon, particularly seeing a bit more sun out, which augurs well for a good weekend of footy and racing in our town. Absolutely, it does. And we might pick your brain when it comes to the racing front shortly. We had Brownie on a little earlier, but I'm not sure he might be a bit underdone. So we might need your help and assistance to find a winner <laughs> uh, tomorrow night. But let's take a look firstly at the AFLW. How have you seen, obviously it's a busy time of year for you focusing on the, the two different sports. How have you seen the AFLW in this time slot? I think it's worked. Yeah, it was a, it was a big decision and it's obviously put a great deal of on players, coaches and everyone else involved in the entire competition. But I think in time it's going to be a short-term pain for a long-term gain. I think this is a, a good time slot for the league to live in. Obviously, we've had an unprecedented amount of rain in October along the East Coast, but I don't think that's had a major detriment on the footy, to be frank. And if you look at the latter, I think people had some concerns that 18 teams would mean we'd have the, a bit of a long tail. But uh, from what I've seen of all the expansion teams, I think there's there's a lot to like about where they're going to head in the future. And the fact that we get eight teams who get an opportunity to play finals and that the top four sides are rewarded with a double chance, I think just sets it up for a great month of footy ahead. First time that we're seeing the top eight in existence in the AFLW as well this season. From my eye, Nigel, I... I feel as if the continuity that the AFLW programs have had this year, because there was such a short turnaround between season six and season seven, there's been a, a dramatic increase in the skill level and also the strategic nows of AFLW players. Do you share that opinion? I wouldn't say it's dramatic, but I definitely think it's improved. And whether you can link that to the fact that we had the summer season at the beginning of the calendar year, and we now obviously... I've got some players this weekend who are going to play you know, their 21st game of AFLW for the season. There's got to be something beneficial in that. I, I do draw some parallels between the shared experience that some of these teams have had now, that you've got groups that have played the best part of 30 to 50 games together. They've developed a core now, and I think once you have that, you see cohesive continuity, continuity in their play and their style. And yeah, I think there's then been some, some subtle tweaks by some coaches along the way, and Geelong are probably a good example in Richmond as well in the second half of the season where you've just seen them go through the roof once they've been able to have a bit of confidence, I suppose, to play a slightly more bolder style of footy. And those storylines, the continuity for the, the likes of Richmond, Geelong, even the Western Bulldogs, you can loop into this category. And then you've got the top end of town in Melbourne, Adelaide and Brisbane who have they've been perennials, haven't they? But in the top of the competition, they've been the ones to beat consistently year in, year out. Do, do you see that 
changing in any way, shape or form in this final series. Do you, do you see an upset on the horizon or do you think they're just too settled, those top three sides? Finals footy. There's upsets always are brewing and I think we get enticing matchups this weekend. The fact that you get Melbourne and Adelaide, a grand final rematch from the previous season on opening night tonight at Icon is a, is a tantalising prospect, particularly for the fact that Adelaide get Chelsea Randall back into their team, who's so crucial to their structure. And then the fact that Richmond are the only team that have had Brisbane's measure through the home and away season. They, they're really good matchups. So I think... Yeah, it's not a laydown down there that it's just Brisbane and Melbourne and, and through they go this weekend. That may be very much how it plays out. But I think those games are, are pretty evenly poised and it's a similar story in the bottom half of the eight. I'm going to be doing the Collingwood and Bulldogs game for seven on Sunday at Victoria Park. And you've got teams at the end of the home and away season that are separated by a mere couple of goals in terms of percentage. Collingwood have had a tough couple of weeks after a pretty consistent season. They snuck through in a, a couple of games. And then on the flip side... The Bulldogs, they're not playing four quarters of footy, but their best footy at the moment is scaring the life out of teams. So nothing would shock me from the four finals this weekend, which I think is something that whether you're a fan, the AFL, or a broadcaster like ourselves, it's exactly what you want to be looking forward to. It is, it is, and it makes it even more intriguing, as I said before. It's the first time that we've had this structure of finals in the AFLW, so that adds another layer of unpredictability. So if I was to force you to put your name on the line, Nigel, who are you tipping in the four games across the weekend? Uh, Brisbane and Melbourne to win the preliminary finals, so probably um, go against being as open-minded as I was in the previous response, but I, I do think generally they'll be close games. And then I can make a case that the lower-ranked teams will win the other two elimination finals. So the Bulldogs to... To knock off Collingwood, we'll do wait with bated breath to see uh, the the selections for the, both these two games. I think whatever the composition of the Geelong North teams that's mobbed tonight ahead of that match tomorrow is fascinating given there's uh, injury issues in both camps and then whether we see Ruby Slicer for Collingwood's going to be crucial to their uh, chances come Sunday. But I like the dogs. I've called them the last couple of weeks and I think, again, Ellie Blackburn's playing football at a level that few others can get to at the moment and then if she can find a way to have a burst in the game like she did last Friday night against Carlton, I think that might be enough for the dogs to advance. And they've got form when it comes to close encounters, given what happened against Adelaide a little earlier in the year where they were able to hang on. So I think I might be sharing that tip uh, with you, Nigel, in what looks certain to be a, a great game of Victoria Park on Sunday. And as I mentioned before, you can catch all four AFLW finals this weekend live and free on 7 and 7+. plus. Your attention, though, is been on the racing scene and particularly at Flemington over the, the past week. Just sum up the experience for us. We've heard a lot of people talk about the fact that we've had a full crowd and the atmosphere back at, at racing over the course of this spring carnival. Sum up what it's been like for you. It's been fantastic. The five and a half on Derby Day last year when we'd been in hiatus from having crowds at sporting events since the middle of winter in 2021, felt massive and then when it went to 10 for cup uh derby it was cup oaks and then then the final day last year it did feel incredible so yeah the fact that this year i think we've had somewhere in the vicinity of 200,000 across the first three days has been brilliant it's it's been the sort of last link in the chain i guess across the last three years to have a, a totally open spring carnival with the caulfield carnival the cox plate and then obviously now as many people as they want turning up to the, the Melbourne Cup Carnival as well. Yesterday had a, 
had a really nice atmosphere. I think Oaks Day uh, perhaps had a halcyon period in the late 90s and early 2000s with some massive crowds where it was even at times, I think, the, the most attended of the four days of the week. I think in some respects it's good that it's been paired back now and it's maybe slightly more relaxed in terms of the crowd size, but it was nonetheless abundant in terms of atmosphere yesterday and it sets up beautifully for tomorrow. Lee Jordan and, and the VRC and a number of other people who've been tossing this idea around of trying to form a champion-style day, not dissimilar to the Hong Kong International Day or what we see at Ascot in October. They've orchestrated it, and it was a big move to attach the name champions to it because there was perhaps no guarantee you were going to get the fields to match, but that's certainly been the case across the, the three events, the sprint, the mile, and the stakes. They're just mouth-watering matchups aplenty, and it could be the coronation of Animo to win five group ones across the spring and then the fact you get the rematch of Nature Strip versus Diggy kick out of the Everest, but the chances of that race don't end there. It's going to be a pretty phenomenal day at Flemington. And you can catch all the action live on racing.com, Channel 78, and I'm going to do it again to you, Nige. If you're forced to put your name to a couple of selections, what would they be across the day tomorrow <laughs> at Flemington? Well, thankfully, Matt, I'm in the host chair, so uh, I leave that to the experts. <laughs> Typically, uh, Ben Ascari, Brent Sarafa, Clint Hudson, who do a fantastic job, as a lot of the form analysts on Racing.com do do. But uh, hard to colour outside the lines. You know, I think the features, the the stakes looks an animo on Thunderstruck Battle for mine. Uh, I'll be intrigued at how the Flemington track plays tomorrow with the rail out nine metres and, and what sort of ground you can make. If if you can make reasonable ground and there is speed on in the mile, then I'll give Cascadian a really strong chance of of being able to perhaps eyeball private eye in that contest. And then, yeah, the sprint, uh, Nature Strip trying to win three Dali sprint titles, having, or he's going to run in the race for the fourth straight year, which in itself is a remarkable effort. But uh, there's some chances down the bottom. The two three-year-olds, I, I wouldn't limit it to Giga Kick. I think Lofty Strike was our best two-year-old in Victoria before he unfortunately couldn't take his place in a blue diamond. He struck heavy tracks in the blue sapphire, and then last week in the Cornwall Stud Stakes, he gets back on a firm surface. I think Julius Sander wouldn't be sending him to this race without thinking he's a, a life chance of shaking the life out of it. So I think he's a, a good chance. And the Kiwi Levante, who ran really well, was perhaps the best of the runners on her side of the track in the new market back in March. I think this is a, a set play from, from her trainers, the Kelsos. So I'll be watching for her late in the sprint as well. And then outside of that, it's a really strong card. Give chances to the, the likes of Sweeten for the Hayes boys in race three. And also I think uh, pounding in race two for... The Moody camp back onto a good track. We saw it run the Quinella with Aesop on Underwood Stakes Day, and there's a big divergence in their prices in the second event. So a uh, couple there to hone in. I also think Foxy Frieda, it's a, another one that I think it looks like it's been a long-range target for Andrew Noblet and Damien Oliver to get her to the matriarch and give her a really strong chance in that tomorrow too. I'm putting all that down in the, the book in front of me, uh, Nigel, so I might have to hold you to account as I am with Brownie on uh, his selections that he's given us. As well here on Dwayne's World this afternoon. A reminder, you can catch all the action from Flemington tomorrow on Racing.com Channel 78. Just before I let you go, Nigel, it's an intriguing time of year when it comes to the AFL space, the listed free agents. You're now out of the player management uh, sphere. Take us into the insight into what this type of time of year is like for player managers and those players that are on the outside at the moment looking for a way in, what are the discussions that are being held, et cetera? Just take us, give us an insight into, into that if you can. I think there's sort of a rolling dialogue that happens now and it almost feels like the player movement windows never close between 
the delisted free agency and then obviously the, the SSP rules that have come in and given so many players and clubs opportunities. And then you toss in the mid-season rookie draft come the latter part of autumn next year. It's uh, it's great now that players and clubs have such flexibility. And I was delighted to see Fergus Green just scrolling through my phone between races yesterday, having been given an opportunity by the Hawks. Of course, he had a couple of years on the Western Bulldogs list. He's been an asset for the Box Hill Hawks in the VFL for the last couple of years. And he well and truly deserves his opportunity off the back of what he's done for Box Hill. So, yeah, there's, there's plenty of opportunity for, for clubs peering their way through this and I suppose assessing what, what their various positions are in regards to how many list spots do they have, what do they anticipate the strength of their draft handies and then the strength of the draft overlaid with that and whether you, you're looking to bring in an, a younger talent by the draft who's untried or you perhaps feel like there's something out there that can have a more instant impact for you at, at, at a bit of a bargain basement price as well and there's been some tremendous stories. One of the probably last things, uh, last couple of years for me as a player agent, having a guy like Ben Keyes delisted by Brisbane, given in a lifeline by the Adelaide Crows as a rookie, and he's he's grabbed that with both hands over the last three years. I think there's so many more of those stories to unfold, and thankfully the list rules are now so flexible that it gives plenty of guys an opportunity to take opportunities if clubs grant them. Do you, do you miss it, or would you prefer to sit in the commentary box or out at Flemington? <laughs> I'm very lucky to be sitting in the positions I am, Matthew, uh, to be calling the footy and then obviously having a, a role front and centre with days like uh, what we're going to see tomorrow at Flemington is uh, is a blessing. But uh, lucky enough to still maintain some pretty close relationships with the people I've dealt with over my time in the game through the, the player management sphere, whether it's the clubs, my old colleagues at TLA or, of course, former clients too. So probably got the best of both worlds. Yeah, well, I think I agree with you on that uh, on that front. Uh, good on you, Nigel. Appreciate you joining us for a chat this afternoon. It's a big weekend ahead, not only in the racing scene, but also for AFLW as the Season 7 finals get underway. Good luck with the call on Sunday with Collingwood and the Western Bulldogs. We look forward to your coverage of that and also at Flemington tomorrow as well. Thanks for joining us. Anytime, Matthew. Thank you. Nigel Carmody joining us and a quick reminder, all four AFLW finals this weekend, live and free on 7 and 7 Plus. It kicks off tonight, 7.10 Australian Eastern Daylight Time, Melbourne taking on the Adelaide Crows, the grand final rematch from earlier in the year. That's the first qualifying final. Brisbane take on Richmond at Metricon Stadium tomorrow afternoon. That match kicking off at 10 past 4 Australian Eastern Daylight Time. The Cats taking on North Melbourne down at GMHBA Stadium tomorrow night. And the game that Nigel will be on the call for, the Pies and the Dogs from Victoria Park on Sunday, 10 past 3 local time there. Let's reopen the Werribee Kia open line. one 736 736 to give us a call. Or you can send through a 40 Wings temper text on 0433981116. It's Dwayne's World this afternoon. Matthew Cox in the chair with you, thanks to Kogan Mobile. Make the call. Switch to Kogan Mobile today. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.